Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen today. We have Libertarian, former vice presidential candidate in 2020, Mr. Spike Cohen. Spike, good day, welcome. Thank you for having me on again, Rashad. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, dear brother. Let's talk about, because it's the holidays, I want to talk about this emergence, this connection with major political candidates, presidential and non-presidential. Some toying with the idea and others are directly proclaiming it. That we need to basically abandon the principles of the Constitution, abandon the principle of separation of church and state. And we need to go ahead and declare ourselves to be a fully Christian nation. Um, and naturally, some people are under the impression that we are already a Christian nation. What is your thought about that? What's the libertarian stance on it? Right, so the purpose of the American government under the Constitution is to create statutory limitations for the government in affirmation of our lives, our rights, and our property. It's in the Declaration of Independence, it's in the Constitution. And ironically enough, those those proclamations and that Constitution was heavily informed by the Lockean principles of property rights, which were informed by the Christian Enlightenment. So it's very interesting that now there are people saying they want to abandon that for Christianity when it was actually, at least in the West, it was Christianity that led to the Enlightenment period and the concept of property rights that ultimately led to the creation of the Constitution. You know, you're so correct there, brother. I know a little history about this. And I want to pose this question. Where do you think it, it went off kilter? Because literally you had this um, movement that was led by, and I would say it was still very misguided in some areas, obviously, but they were trying to get away from, break away from what we would know as a form of theocratic government um, or religious rule government in order to expand independent rights. How do you think that transitioned and transformed over time? I think it's just the reality of power, man. I think anytime that you have the creation of a government or a centralization of power, it is always going to, unless we keep constant vigilance, it is always going to creep its way towards greater centralization of power and greater authoritarianism, whether it is a theocratic authoritarianism or fascism or communism or socialism or anything else. It's going to work its way towards that because power exists to feed and create itself. And so, you know, that is why uh, even the founders, uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin amongst them, said, if we aren't constantly vigilant to protect the rights that are affirmed and protected under the Constitution, we're going to end up replacing the British crown with something far worse. Yeah. You know, libertarians, and I say this often, um, I'm progressive enough to where I meet libertarians on the other side of the circle, right? So we, we actually have some things that we share values wise in common. But there seems to be this extreme detachment from what the Republican platform historically has been, small government, fiscal responsibility, etc., to now government takeover. I'm going to give you an example, and I'm providing this example because libertarians, in my opinion, you all have always at least, even if I disagree with the political stance or the policy dynamic, you all have always been authentic in your approach to them. So let's talk about big government, small government. One of the hallmarks of the libertarian movement, libertarian platform, is a smaller government, more independent rights, which is fine. Republicans used to echo the same thing. It used to be part of the actual platform of the Republican National Committee. It is yep. there in, in, in word only because you have massive government takeover happening by way of uh, Republican governors 
and echoed now by a presidential candidate hopefuls to enhance those governmental takeovers. What, what has the libertarian response been to some of this policy rhetoric coming from the Republican ranks? Our response has been to remind Republican voters, who many of whom think they're still voting for smaller government or even rhetoric around smaller government, that the Republican leadership abandoned that a long time ago, or certainly in the in the last couple of election cycles. I want to remind everyone, uh, Donald Trump spent more money in four years than Barack Obama did in eight years and ran up almost as much debt as he did in his eight years. And Barack Obama, prior to Trump, easily had the record for both spending and debt. So the, 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 if there was any semblance of small government in the Republican Party, uh, then it certainly doesn't exist in any real way. And of course, the Democrats, I don't think, and in, in, in certainly in my lifetime, have ever claimed to be small government. So we have said, the libertarians have said consistently, if you want a government that is small enough uh, to exist to affirm and, and protect uh, your lives, rights, and property, and do nothing else, uh, the Republican Party isn't even pretending they want that anymore and haven't for quite some time. Yeah, you know, but it is interesting to see kind of the about face because now you have people like Congressman Matt Gates talking about being, um, you know, uh, fiscally responsible again. You have people blasting uh, individuals for their stance on budgets that are passed now, uh, but they challenged Donald Trump none, none. The the man literally created such a massive debt. Our children and uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren will have to pay the interest of that. But at a point, they were able to sell the deed to Republican voters. At some point, they sold this as your new form of government. Bigger government is your new form of government. How do you come back from that as a conservative movement altogether? I'm asking this in the context of while libertarian and Republican are different, you all are considered to be conservatives are the same. From a from a concept of smaller government and, and fiscal conservative, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would say if I were a Republican, uh, I would look towards an elected official like Thomas Madison. He's a, a Republican congressman from Kentucky. He was every bit as vociferous against the overspending and encroaching big government policies when Donald Trump and the Republicans were in charge, as he is now that uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats are in charge. And he took a lot of flack for it. Uh, they they put together a a, a hand picked uh, primary opponent who he trounced in the primary because he has been consistent in principle. And I would look to to the people like the Thomas Masseys within. The the Republican Party and say, listen, if you want to be a party that actually stands in opposition to the growing authoritarian governments that we're seeing under both Republican and Democrat leadership, you have to look to the libertarian or at least the small government wing within your party, because otherwise you're just red flavored Democrats. Hmm. Let me uh, pose this to you. James Comey, former FBI director, said something some months back that I thought was simple but profound. He received a question during this panel discussion about the state of the Republican Party. And before the guy could really finish asking the question, he basically said, what Republican Party? He said, we don't have a Republican Party. There is no Republican Party anymore. All you have is Trump. And I understood his point. His point was everything is basically de-evolved to fit the small personality of Donald Trump rather than the massive dynamics associated with an actual policy platform. Do you believe that's true? Is there truth in what Comey said? I think Donald Trump has done an incredible job of reshaping the Republican Party to exist as, at least for as long as he's involved in it, as his party. I mean, he's, mm. he's fantastic at branding. He's fantastic at reframing the narrative. And he's, and he's essentially created 
uh, a, a, a political cult and personality. I would be remiss since you mentioned James Comey and the FBI. Anytime the mention of the FBI comes up, I would be remiss not to mention the fact that the FBI is a domestic terrorist organization that was created illegally uh, for the purpose of uh, squelching political opposition. They killed Martin Luther King. They killed Fred Hampton. They killed Viola Leozzi. The best day to have ended the FBI was the day after it was created and the second best time is now. Uh, you know, you get you get no complaint uh, from me on the on the FBI. That name we literally just reported on uh, more extreme behavior being exposed by the FBI, and more things are coming out, even by J. Edgar Hoover, uh, who yep. uh, somehow is still honored by the FBI. I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, so you you definitely can see the the trend that's taking place, and the reason why I brought Comey up is because he's still a Republican. He's a conservative, right? He's a lifelong conservative, according to him. Um, but but there's this dynamic of we really don't have a, a platform any longer. When libertarians are in power, when libertarians get into office, what changes? What changes? We no longer rob the American people of trillions of dollars and hand it off to multinational corporations and foreign governments and big government agencies here and abroad. We don't put people, we don't uh, destroy the lives and livelihoods of the American people with burdensome regulations that we exempt ourselves and our corporate buddies from. Uh, we don't create trillions of dollars in debt in the names of not just Americans now, but future generations that haven't even been born yet. We don't have the Federal Reserve create trillions of dollars out of thin air in order to finance that debt which leads to the devaluation of our currency and the massive increase to the cost of living that we see every day. In short, we put your life back in your hands because we know that you know how to live your life better than we ever could. And we will stop trying to rob people blind to the political scam that we see today. You know, Spike, you are an authentic individual. Typically, when I have debates or conversations, interviews with libertarians, um, you all do not gaslight. You believe what you believe. You actually are uh, looking at policy rather than just what somebody said and repeating yep. it because it's a talking point. Uh, and with that being said, now I wouldn't vote for you, uh, but I would like to see you as <laughs> the president. No, I, I, I'm just telling you, I, I wouldn't vote for you, but I would like, listen, and here's why. I'm going to tell you why I would like to see you run for president. Okay. Because there has to be an alternative to the Republican establishment. And I, and I offer it in this spirit. Republicans are so extreme that Democrats can get away with damn near anything and say, who are you gonna vote for, that guy? Exactly. Right? So, so are you looking to possibly put your hat in the ring in the libertarian field? I have not ruled it out. And I will say that no matter who the Libertarian Party picks, it's going to be a far cry better than anything that anyone else is running. And I agree with you, except for the part about not voting for me. But I agree with you with the reality that both parties are able to play this endless good cop, bad cop routine game of saying, oh, if you don't vote for me, you're going to get that guy who I work with every single day to screw you. That's right. But you're going to get that guy over there. And the thing to remember about good cop, bad cop routines, they're both cops. They're both in on it. It's a scam. So whether it's me or some other libertarian, I would say I would encourage you to rethink you're not voting for us because the reality is the scam will continue continue as long as we allow it to. There you go. There you go. Uh, we need more options, obviously, in our political discourse. And I appreciate what you bring to the table, dear brother. Happy holidays you. to you and the family. And you as well, Marshad. Thank you, man. Thank you, man.